Sunday, March 29, 2020. Still here in Floripa on the coast of Brazil. Let's start with a quote. Deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. This is uh, from John Eldridge. Wow. Wild at heart, discovering the secret of a man's soul. Say that again. Deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Another quote from him here is, We don't need accountability groups. We need fellow warriors. Someone to fight alongside. Someone to watch our back. So resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, There are a lot of there are a lot of groups out there, self help groups, business groups, um, and you have accountability just kind of with the hodgepodge of people, whoever signed up for the program, or and uh, the kind of accountability that you often get when there's women involved or when there's men who are not used to being only in the space of men. Mm. Very different from what you can find in a group of men. And I don't necessarily mean like just a group of boys, just a group of friends. Um, Friends are, at least, here's the distinction I'll make. Friends, at least for, I would say, younger folks, especially in like America, where we don't really have much of a distinction for elders and adults. There's not much respect for them as like these people who are going to usher us into a new level of wisdom and responsibility and everything else. We more think of each other as we're all just equal individuals. Right. And there's not a great honor for elders. And so, in fact, there's quite, there's often disdain. Yeah. And it's not like it's undeserved because many adults there also don't show up as like elders for the youth. They show up more as friends. Even as a general society, youth is seen as the valor or the, the most important part to have youth. Yeah, we worship youth and also young people who know the technology, they're into the social media, they're awake, and it's easier to see that the, it'd be easier to have the perspective that young people know what's going on, not the old people. Whereas I think in most times around the world, you think, well, the old people really know what's going on. Man, this guy's been around 70 years. The things he's seen, the battles he's fought, the journeys he's been on, and you just want to go be around him, listen to his stories, and learn from him. Now it's like everything's on Google, and the old people don't even know how to use uh, or find the ways to access the, the knowledge online. It's because, yeah, um, maybe this is off a tangent, but change, you know? 
who can understand change better and and rapid change, growing change, it seems valid, you know, that younger people are more able to deal with that and therefore more important. Just to come back to just to come back to this quote. Actually, both of them because I like to go deeper. Deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. I can deeply relate to that. And, and if there's this ties into the next quote, which is we need fellow warriors, you know, fighting alongside of us watching our back and I don't think most young guys I don't think they really feel like they have that they might have friends they talk to friends they hang out with go out drinking with things like this but unless they're actually like in a war or in a gang or something like this you know or Maybe you, you have a semblance of it. You're on a team yes. and you're really going for something, not just like hanging out on a casual team, playing some sport casually, but. But it's rare. I, I noticed with myself, my whole young friend, that I'm, I've been always craving for that, which means also it wasn't really there. And I wonder if that's, if, uh, how many men have that experience? Like the craving for, for brotherhood. Yeah. And, uh, even if they, even if they don't or can't identify it, I would say it's still, it's a longing in a way. Even if it's unidentified, it's, uh, something's missing. Yes. Because we've always had that, like human beings are social animals. Men, you look at most cultures, especially going back in time. You know, when I, I was telling you about this indigenous tribe, I just spent a couple of days with them in Panama. They dedicate like a third of their land to their indigenous people. And they took this, an indigenous guy took us up this like long, Canoe, really long canoe with a motor at the back, took us up the river, uh, quite a ways to where his people stayed. And when we got there, there was almost no men, no boys. They all didn't come home until after the sun went down. And then you hear, you hear them and the men and the women and the girls and the boys, they're all hanging out. But during the day, it was just the women and girls that were in the village. And, uh, there's, you know, this mixing men and women hanging out, boys and girls hanging out. It's just not a part of their mm. reality, you know? The boys are off hunting and killing and shooting and throwing stones and challenging themselves to game mastery and fishing and swimming and, you know, who knows what. And, uh, the men were off working, building. You know, getting resources, hunting, whatever they're doing. And they're all doing it together. 
and the women are all hanging out together. So there's great togetherness, but there's really, really deep connection, the men with the men and the women with the women. And that's something that uh, mostly we miss. And I, and I, we might, if, if we've never really had that, we might not even know what's missing. Right. I remember uh, talking with Heidi, a friend of mine, a woman. And uh, and I asked her, you know, if she loves men. She yes. And is it what is it in men that you love? And she described like what she really loves is when men are among men. And she could see it and witness it there. And uh, and the loyalty that's there between men and how they're men among men. And women are just or she described it how the that's super attractive to me. Mm. To see a man being a man among men. You got another quote here from the same guy. You have to get the quote, by the way. You just have a series of great quotes. It says, In order to understand how a man receives a wound, you must understand the central truth of the boy's journey to manhood. Masculinity is bestowed. The boy learns who he is and what he's got from a man or the company of men. He cannot learn it any other place. He cannot learn it from other boys, and he cannot learn it from the world of women. So if he doesn't have that, there's a, there's a wound there. There's a, a missing. Another quote from me here. Adventure with all its requisite danger and wildness, is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of the man. The masculine heart needs a place where nothing is prefabricated, modular, non-fat, ziplock, franchised, online, microwavable. Yes. I have one too, my favorite. Can I? Yes. It's uh, Mark Jack. I, I believe I, I I read it to you already, but uh, it speaks to the to the adventure, the adventure part. This is one of my favorite quotes. While you're digging it up, I'll read another one. I got it. Go ahead. In your life. You are William Wallace. All right, this is the Scottish freedom fighter. Yes. Who uh, Mel Gibson played in. This is what, the. What was the name of the movie? I don't know. But he's like freedom. This is the this is the era of the commands of my name. Uh, command in Scotland. Ah. Uh, so fuck Wallace. In your life, you are <laughs> William Wallace. Who else could you be? Command. <laughs> there is no other man who can replace you in your life. In the arena you've been called to, if you leave your place in the line, it will remain empty. No one else can be who you are meant to be. You are the hero in your story. Not a bit player, not an extra, but the main man. And I think that's great when we talk about the war that men are facing. Mm. It, you know, no one's going to come rescue us or them. Right. Right? If you don't 
face it all and stand up and rise to be your own hero. The life you're going to live out is is going to be less than one of great. Beat a B movie. Mm. Yes, I want to study that more because I talked with a Scottish girl and I said, "Wow, I'm a command, you know, as a clown, I command the 14th century." And she said, oh, "I'm a Wallace." <laughs> War going on <laughs> seven centuries later. <laughs> right. Did the Wallaces fight the command? Yes. That's why I said I have to see the, the history, you know? But uh, yeah. They, those were the main clans. Adventure. Adventure is a path. Real adventure. Self determined, self motivated, often risky, forces you to have first hand encounters with the world. The world the way it is, not the way you imagine it. Your body will collide with the earth and you will bear witness. In this way, you will be compelled to grapple with the limitless kindness and bottomless cruelty of humankind. And perhaps realize that you yourself are capable of both. This will change you. Nothing will ever again be black and white. And yeah. It stresses something different, but to me, the, that's what adventure does. Right? It's the encounter. It's the element of surprise. And it has the inclusion of both everything that's beautiful and good and everything that's bad. You know, this brings me to a theme I keep coming back to as I work on my book, which is that in the West today, maybe in most modern life, the idea about adventure is often something you do on the weekends. Camping trip. Right. Uh, drive to the beach, to the coast. Some kind of sporting thing. It's commodified. It's packaged. Yes. And in part because of how complex the economy is and how high the taxes are and the regulations and everything else it makes sense that you really have to stay focused on being efficient and productive the nine to five and the, the overtime and the saving the money and you know even though we live in this real state of abundance it's as if we live in scarcity because we we need to prepare for tax day and we need to pay our bills like all like the cost of just living is so high that there's no space and freedom for grand adventure and uh, when I went to Africa that first time and I left for a month it was irresponsible I mean by the standards of my culture financially irresponsible impractical it doesn't make sense and uh, and I was judged that way for going and um You know, then later I left for two months to Africa and so on and so on. But, and my, my, my thinking about that is, and I'm not saying that everyone, man needs to live like me, but what makes me come alive is to be living a life where it's more like I just announce I'm going here. 
or I'm doing that, these, these big challenges that can be like jumping into the deep end. And I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I don't know if I'll run out of money on the way. I, I don't know what skills I'm going to have to learn. But it's not like, you know, a, a business can be adventurous because you can say, okay, let's go into this market. Let's create these programs or let's, exp- let's grow our business 25% this year or let's do this or that. Or, you know, I'm going to become a better even cyclist this year. I'm going to get better at that this year. Like, these are our goals. But for me, like, I like throwing the rock over the other side of the mountain, and then I don't know what's there, and I'm like, I want to go and try and get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's safe to say that the, the word adventure, you know, what's used, the situations where adventure is used is, is not really adventure anymore. It's no different than, than that's why I said it's the com- commodification of the encounter. Like, like, like tourism is the commodification of, of, of travel and thereby robbing it of its very essence, which is to be unpredictable, which is, is not packaged, which is, it's, it's not microwavable, you know? And so when we, when we go on a vacation, when we go on a weekend adventure, it's, it's almost the opposite of what, of, of what we're tr- of the yearning we're trying to answer, which is the unpredictable and and just going and being dangerous and not foreseeable. And so here's a what if, and this is something I've been exploring. But it's a what if for guys listening to this as well. What if you pursued? Aliveness and adventure. Right. Instead of success, image, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it is that you're pursuing. Because a lot of times what's the goals that we're aiming for are so much given to us by the culture. Right. And and, and here's how this ties back into the war that men are fighting. So many men who are dealing with addiction, depression, isolation, loneliness, suicidal thoughts, violence, they're living in a world that occurs to them as insane. There's nothing really worth going for. And and so they don't get the stimulation. They don't get the challenge, they don't get the reflection that they're a great, maybe how they envisioned life when they were a kid, reading stories about great adventurers or, or heroes or missionaries or artists or philosophers or whatever. You know, everything is, is the world that's around them doesn't call to their heart it doesn't have them want to fucking rise up in the morning fucking like a, a roar go mm. greet the day and so 
But what if is, and I'm not even suggesting anything specific, but I can imagine a different way of pursuing goals, a different way of even coming up with them. You know, when I when I took off uh, eventually in 2000, okay, 2000, 2006, here's part of what I found is magical. And I'm, I'm as I talk about this, I'm exploring this because I'm trying to finish my book and I want to put the right angle on it. And I feel it has something to do with this. It's like, out of the blue, I was invited to Africa. Right. I had visions about Africa for years before. But it was out of the blue. And my heart said yes. Everything else said no. Dangerous, impractical. And I went. And, and I, I came so alive there. And I came back. And also, like, I gifted my work, which I'd never done before. Everything I did was like, this was like, I'm not in control, and I wasn't. Someone else was leading this, and she wasn't even in control. The event was chaos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's something about that that I like. And I came back, and then I come back to this old life I was living, and my brother quit, because he's like, man, I've been... And I understand, like, we've been working for, like, nine months on a particular vision and plan, whatever. And he's like, you're fucking it up. And I was like, man, I understand. I understand if you have to go, but I, I have to fuck this up because it's not what I want, you know? And I was even more clear about that when I came back. But I, I didn't know, like, how to apply this in my life. I, I didn't really know what had happened. But, I like, I, I think it had something to do with... Speaking my desire to give, and then when the invitation comes, I just go. I say yes. Well, that's that's. What was your role in it? Did you, when you look at back, do you see? Because I have a similar story, and I could tell it, but you see an opportunity. There was an invitation or an opportunity, and you said yes to it, and then everything changed. It wasn't just the opportunity. It was that I had said. Remember, because that thing happened with the kids, with the with the kids walking out of school, with social media, right. the revolution. I saw like, wow, social change could happen. The world could turn upside down. And I was excited. I was like, man, I want to be part of this. I don't want to be sitting in my fucking office. Right. You know? And so I was, I was speaking my desire to, to be a part of it. And I, and, I, um, and I spoke to my friend Robin. She said, well, come speak to my kids in my class, you know? And I, and I, and I said yes because I decided I'm going to start just saying yes to these opportunities. So one part of it was I'm saying I want to give in this way. I want to serve. I want to whatever. That's a big part of it. And then I got invited. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm scared. Like this was not part of my sequential, normal plan I would have made in my business. But it was my, in line with what you said you wanted. Yes, but my – but. When the logic comes into it and the planning and everything, you can tend to make that inside of your comfort zone, or at least not too far out, right? This was all out in left field to just go and meet with these kids. And I said, but I said yes. And then that was exciting, but unfulfilling because even the kids were like living in this sterile world of comfort and everything. And then I, again, I have expressed my frustration to Robin, like, what I want, here's what I want. Ah, I want this. And then she's like, well, I'm going to Africa and I need someone to teach a curriculum. 
And then I was like, you know, everything said no, but my heart said yes. And, and I went. And I came a lot. And then so when I came back, I said, okay, it's something about continuing to say, I'm here to serve. Right. Someone invites me, I'm just going to say yes. because it, that, it was like, that was a way of getting out of me being in control. My mind, my, my left brain, my my part of me that's going to make it logical, comfortable, responsible, practical. So you, what, what, I, what I hear from it is that you, you play a very active role in, in creating that, which is you speak your desire of how you want it. You say, basically saying, I want to give up control or whatever. I want adventure. And then it comes your way. Then the opportunity comes. Yeah. And then you take that opportunity. Yeah, without... Even though, and you're sec, you're not second, but you're like facing a fuck, 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 fuck. Yes. Because my experience is, is a completely different one. <laughs> I, I was, I was working at the university in Brussels, and I was living a good life, you know. And it was already different than most people being academic, you know, getting paid to study and and do philosophy full time. But I had a nagging feeling that like something is not like. It wasn't adventurous. I said it then, it's not sexy. It wasn't sexy, the academic world to me. And then, uh, yeah, then, then, then I met Zan and I got an opportunity there to completely change my life, you know, be on an adventure, go and chase skirts. And, uh, I didn't speak it that I wanted that. I had a nagging feeling that something was missing. But I didn't speak it, but I did see this opportunity, and I, I, without any hesitation, I chose it. I was in my last weeks before defending my PhD, and I never did it. I just went. Like, and it never, I never, like, not one moment did I think, oh, this is not right, this is dangerous, this is... Of course, to me, it was so clear. It was like 100%. Yeah. Well... Coming back to talking about knowing, being clear, and being awake. I imagine it wasn't just clarity. It was just desire. Right. And you saw Zan living it like, wow. And you felt it. You, it was real because he was there. And you know what I mean? Like, so I'm, but I'm wondering, like, what's the experience of, of guys? Do they see, do they feel that desire? Is it a strong, your desire was stronger. You, you knew something. Before an opportunity was with me, I had a nagging feeling. But until the opportunity came, I saw, well, okay, that's what I want. You knew more what you wanted, and then it came your way. So I'm wondering how, how people experience that. that. Well, well, see, okay, in 97. Wait, wait, I'm going to say, so there's that element that's interesting to me, like, like, how strong do you feel and are you clear about that desire? And two is, is the moment you see the opportunity, what is needed there from you? Meaning, do guys get these opportunities and they don't answer them? Or did we get very lucky and got great opportunities that Whoa. were so strong pulling us? Well, let me go back as far as like me knowing. This is, in fact, this is interesting. Because I was going to start talking about 97, but if I take a step back, 
1994, I got some letters from my brother. I guess <laughs> my brother was in university. He'd gone out to my, my dad's ranch for the summer, you know, and he must have been about I don't know, 19 or 20. And we come from a Mormon background, and at 19, you know, you're a Mormon boy, you're supposed to go on a mission for two years, converting people to Mormon. Right? So my dad's working on He's out there in the summer. My, my brother's, this is back before, like, laptops and internet and all this sort of And it's like, Mike, help him. Dad's trying to get him to go on a mission, you know? And I felt the call, like, because I, I'd broken free. And, man, it was a journey to break free. This is, like, from a cult. I don't want to say necessarily that Mormonism is a cult, but the indoctrination that we had, the path, to, and honor was even a part of it, you know? Anyway, I said yes to the call, to that. Like, that was like, go fucking rescue my brother? Fuck yeah! <laughs> you know, so... So that happened, and then there's a different kind of call from my youngest brother. He's back with my mom. My dad's left the house. I left the house. He's getting into trouble at school. He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. He's he's a he's a really smart kid. He's obviously good at sales. He's selling newspapers in the evenings. You know. I saw the potential of him coming to believe that he was a failure, a bad kid, or whatever. Mm. That shaping his identity and then forging that path for the rest of his life. And I said, fuck no. I was like, John, come here, live with me. You smart, you have what it takes. You know, if you can sell, you can make it in the world. And I said, come, let me show you a different way other than that, the school and living at home. And he came. And then later my brother came. And then in 97, the, 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 the adventure for me was like, and I was making it all up, all this stuff about human development, coaching, whatever. Coaching wasn't even a term back then. But it was, the, the adventure was, how can we make ourselves great? How can we transform ourselves? How can we, how can we develop technology? for transformation, excellence, next level of power. And man, it was so exciting. But that experience that year, my brothers had radical transformation that year, did I? So, my brothers went off. They eventually said, Mike, we got this. We don't need you. It's very difficult for me. And then I said, well, we had visions together of this spreading to the world, this work being out in the world. And they kind of started kind of laughing about it. They were like, ah, that was just a bunch of whatever. And I was like, no, it's going to happen. So I fucking worked, 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 worked. And I brought it to the world in 2002. Started doing my events, but I did it to adults. I did it to people I thought could pay for it. And whoever showed up at my events. And in a way, this was... It was exciting, it was great, it was challenging, but in a way it was 
it was not what it was my brothers in 97, you know? Kind of a free-for-all, kind of a make-it-up, kind of a just daring exploit kind of thing, you know? And, uh, well, the stakes are also higher, you know? They're your brothers. Yeah, and it's not just uh, four days. It was a real together, adventure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just four days and then people leave. You know? Wow. That's a great insight. Just coming back to visions we've had lately. You know? Guys coming to adventure with us for months at a time. But, um... Invested your life. <laughs> so... Yeah, talking about like what makes us come alive, right? So anyway, in 2006, now I just completed a major accomplishment for me that I've been working towards, which was I wanted every one of my siblings, my parents, to have done my eye stand because it was like my, my masterpiece, my great thing they can see. Fuck, Mike's done it. Not only has Mike done it, but his work is tangible. Wow, it transformed my life. Holy shit. This is so, you know, like, we can come together. We can dissolve the walls between us. We can have our ally connection like we had before, you know, and the vision restored. And, like, so I did that. And my father never participated, but I, I, he was also still Mormon, the only one still Mormon. And it wasn't like, I didn't really even see that happen. But, like, that had just happened with the last boot camp. So now, you know, maybe it's if, if I needed another great, you know. I, I'm really trying, I know there's an audience listening to this, but I'm really trying to work this out for myself at the same time. Like, what was it? Because I want to capture that and what happens next, you know. What do you mean? Uh... In what we do next. Yes. And, and, and also in the book to help work it out what, what were the principles? Okay, you're not referring just uh, your father now. Like, what was it that made you come alive? Come alive with with your brothers. And and oh, let me let me bring up another piece. And this refers to the work, the the, the, the honor work. When we take a stand. In the morning, mm. we say, okay, we get present first. The face of feelings is what I feel now. It's speaking to my reality right now. When I narrate X, this is like suddenly there's a, you're, you're making a s distinction between what I'm feeling, what I'm narrating, and then there's me. My feelings are not me. My narrations are not me. Then that, like, I get to choose in the presence of this, in the face of this. And in the presence of my allies, the people, whoever I've invited to witness, I stand for being. And it's just what comes to you, what in that moment, what inspires you. It, it is in that way. It's a new thing. You're no longer in a linear continuation of what was given to you by your feelings and narrations. It's now a new beginning. Yes. And then there's the vision that comes from that. And then, the, and it might not be logical. It might not fit. You might not know how you're going to get there. And, uh, 
And I've had this experience many times where I'm seeing something that's it's so exciting. If I stop and think about it, it'd be scary. But I'm just seeing it, right? And I'm speaking this vision. So these visions then start, like there's life there. There's feeling there. These start existing for me, like, and then, and they live on through the years. And I, you know, I'll come back to them. I'll be reawakened to them and they'll pull me again. But this is kind of what I want. I want, I want to be called. I want to be pulled by something that's beyond my current self and my right. comfortable world that my current identity thinks will be doable. Yes. I want to be called to the impossible task of something. You want to be caught up in something bigger. Something where I can't even, like the me who I am now, I can't do it. Yes. I couldn't do it. I'll need to transform. I'll need allies. I'll need warrior brothers. Mm -hmm. Right? And it comes back to that quote that we started with, like deep inside of every man's heart is the yearning for adventure and uh, a war to fight, beauty to rescue. There's a great scene in there. I love the, the beauty to rescue part also. What was it? A, a, a war to fight? Venture to live in a dream or a beauty to rescue. Yes. But as you're pulling that quote up, when you think of someone like Anthony, right? He's just beginning university, everything's possible, but he's beginning to pursue a certain track as far as his training. Uh -huh. And he thinks I'll be a psychologist or whatever. And so he, he think, pursues that path in university and And I think most guys face this, and they're like, "Okay, this is where this is where life begins to close down. I'm gonna go down this path, and my options are gonna narrow. And then I'm gonna buy a house and have a mortgage. I'm gonna have debt, all this debt, car, whatever. I'm gonna have a wife. I'm gonna have these commitments. I'm gonna raise a family, and I'm gonna pay taxes. And I'm, and and then one day I'll retire. And then like like the, the world gets narrow." And it gets small. And for some guys, maybe it really calls to them. For other guys, it might feel like more like it, there was no great calling to this. This is just what everyone thinks I should do. Right? And I'm saying, if you're not called to it, fuck it. And, and this is the responsibility, I think, of elders. And an elder gives a calling to a younger man that has him say yes or maybe he even denies it or refuses it because he's scared of it or because he doesn't want to grow into it but but the elder gives him a, a calling not not this vague expectation of society and, mm. and, and these people who you don't know and, and your parents expectation of you like, like a guy doesn't want to see a father who is kind of grumbling through his day and just kind of comfortably surviving his marriage and his boss and his, his paying the taxes and whatever. Like, like what son, what young man is going to be like, yes, I want to live like that. You know, 
Which one is going to? I just saw the the three ten to Yuma movie, the cowboy movie. It's about that, mainly about that. You know, like how the, the boy sees the father. It's brilliant, man. And the like adventure lives, and when we sit down and watch a movie, and we watch movies of, of men on great adventures. But today's world is it's our, it's pre planned. Every fucking week for the rest of my life until I retire, nine to five. Do you feel like your adventure is big enough? Right now? No. But I also feel like I'm a, I'm creating it. Right. I have a I can make I can make it the fuck up like we both came here to Brazil on a moment's notice. I feel like we're but, playing small. Yeah. But it's uh This is Never Cry Wolf, one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, they're sitting in a plane, small plane, and it's also then later about to crash, and it's just okay. And the guy says, steering the plane, says to the, the main character, "We're all of us prospectors up here, Tyler, scratching for that that one crack in the ground. Never have to scratch again. I'll let you in on a little secret, Tyler." So, so he's talking about like, are they going to to? Find gold. They're prospectors, right? Oh, and is anybody's generalizing yes, from that? Is is that we're all prospectors? We're all prospectors. Because Tyler is out there. He's going to study the wolves. He's a young guy. He's oh. younger, but he's okay. not young. Okay. He's going to study the wolves. Okay. And uh, he says, "What are you doing? What are you doing up here? Is it gold? Are you?" And uh, he says, there's no gold up here. And, and and Tyler doesn't really say. He says, "Oh, it's hard to say what I'm going to do." But anyway, he says, we're all prospectors up here. Scratching for that one crack in the ground. Never have to scratch again. I'll let you in on a little secret, tire. The gold's not in the ground. The gold is not anywhere up here. The real gold is south of 60. Sitting in living rooms. Stuck facing the boot tube. The TV. Bored to death. Bored to death, Tyler. Uh, he goes, ah, the stick. Because then the, the plane gets like, you know, starts shaking. Starts shaking. Tyler goes, What's wrong? You know, with that. and the guy goes, Boredom, Tyler. <laughs> boredom. That's what's wrong. How you beat boredom, Tyler? And the guy he says, Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> and then he gets in mid flight. He takes the, the stick. He says, Take the stick. And he goes outside, hanging on the plane, repairing it, you know, just trying to keep them from, uh, from, from dying. And, and the guy, the researcher, the scientist, he's like, <laughs> he's in full panic. And the other is almost, almost happy that something is happening. Right. You know, he's like, fuck this shit. And he goes, ah! And he headed towards the mountain. Yes. Right? And he's like, he feels alive in it. He's just, ah! And then they just, they, he, he gets it started again and he's like <laughs> you see the mountain coming and he's like you can drool out of his face ah! and they just make it you know and it's just and that's the beginning of the movie you know I was going to write my book in a way to where like this going to Africa just saying yes to the adventure and all that changed my life in that way but it's not true I was living that way since I left home, you know, at 17, even with my business. In fact, this was a problem with my business from the perspective of like, 
if you want to be a really successful, financially successful entrepreneur, <coughs> you don't do it the way I did it. Which was, like to me, once I did a boot camp, well, that's where the business started. I was like, fuck! Holy shit, this is amazing. I, sh I in the face of fear and everything else, I showed up and I, I was someone during that event I'd never been before. And so I just threw the stone again. All right, another one's going to happen. And then uh, it's like, you have to do everything to make it happen, then show up and make miracles happen. <laughs> it's like, I love the challenge. But I just keep throwing the stone. Like, it's a something impossible. Something impossible out here. Something impossible. It was not... I, it, it was not like a sustainable business model, you know, but, but I loved it. And kind of my point earlier in this conversation is what if like you just choose to, and say like, that's the kind of life I want to live. Like, not like there's not a problem with it. Like, you know, Oh, you're not mature yet or successful yet. You need to change your thinking so that, you know, the indications of success and everything else. And it's like, what no like this is what i want adventure i want to keep throwing the fucking stick out there and i don't know if i can bring it back you know like uh it's i'm i'm i'm, I'm saying this as like a for a young guy to say like okay here's what society says are my options where I get on like a successful linear path to growth and then I become successful and I have the family and all this. And then there's like the other one where you, I mean, well, this, this is like what great explorers do. They say, I'm going to go where no man has been before. I'm going to cross the Arctic sea and it's never right. been done before and whatever. I don't know if I'm coming back, you know, like you don't even here, like, I don't, like, that was never really introduced to me as an option, you know? It was always, if I live my life this way, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not being responsible. Yes. I'm not uh, being intelligent. It's not a successful way of doing things. But that's, that's, it comes down to not getting the real fatherly advice. It's the mom's advice to say, be safe. Is the is the is the father's advice to say jump, you know, be courageous, and so all of us men we get to we get the advice of mommy, you know, society is mommy, it's yeah. not daddy, it's not we're not trained to throw the stone, we're not trained to choose adventure and courage. Yeah, and my my dad was definitely uh, he was on the side of safety sure and and beyond mother and father because I think even the father to a certain extent can be more worried about your safety but like uncles grandfather other elders who are not so uh, it's not so much up to them to keep you safe which most of us don't have like we don't a lot of us don't have my I told you about my grandfather his way of teaching was giving me a, a challenge where I could hurt myself or someone else or whatever and then trusting me to do it, you know? I, I gave you many examples of that, but and I loved my grandfather and he was like my idol growing up and I think it's because of how he taught me. Yes. It, wasn't, it wasn't this school kind of teaching. It was throwing me into the unknown and having confidence I'll be fine, you know? 
almost daring daring me in a way, you know. And and, and I, I think that has been very important to you to yes. have that. And it was in very small pieces uh, for a few weeks in the summer break. But it's enough or, to have like uh, what what what? Yeah, to see a possibility. I didn't have that. I'm thinking of my grandfather's and blessed him, you know. But uh, he's pacified. And I, I think back, coming back to my stories, I'm trying to figure this out from my book. Audrey, who was my roommate at the time, she came to my boot camp in 2006, just before Africa. And she judged me hard for leaving, going to Africa right after the event. The next event we gifted, it was definitely never done it before it was definitely throwing the stone and then trying to chase it down it was the most powerful ever like it was not every every rational thing pretty much said don't do it like this it's not a smart way to do it everything inside of me but there was this, an instinct this this could be great that's you oh that's me um and it was the most powerful one ever. So it was like affirmed again. This way of doing things is powerful. But she, she judged me hard after that event. And, uh, she was also, you know, romantically interested in me. And she, she wrote me this long thing analyzing the business and my way of doing things and critiquing me. Also, as an ally for positive, whatever, and that you know this thing isn't ready to go live yet. It needs to be. It needs to mature. It needs to be safe and and responsible in all these ways. And like the the idea that we that bringing people into this amazing experience and then sending them home to grapple with the the, the difference between what they experienced. That's not right. It should all be... I should... I... It's it's like... I want to teach like my grandfather. Right. You know? I want to give people experiences and challenges. Throw them into the unknown. Because that's what made me come alive. It seems like in your story that you had both the... Like you had that glimpse of the... The adventure that was strong, and you saw the example of your grandfather and all of that. And at the same time, you had the other thing: is stay safe, feeling judged for, uh, being judged for wanting adventure, and that like you, you speak them that that it's strong, like you're obviously judging. Like in my in my story, I don't I, I don't have it. I don't have the strong models that call me to adventure. Like clearly. Oh, there's that. And I don't have the one that goes against and said, hey, it's wrong to do that, you know? It's this, what I'm, what I'm raising is this, this undefinable drag that's constantly there pulling me down without me realizing it, not seeing it. Like, huh? And I think that's a very real experience for a lot of guys that they, it's like they have no idea of like, of that call of adventure and how that looks, you know? Yes. They don't have examples, role models, yeah. and they don't have a strong judgment against it either. 
Because there's, yeah. it's like, that doesn't Everything's happen. Everything's okay. Everything is okay. For me, everything was okay. And I was already different than most people. They would say, oh, it's a strange story, you know, my life. And still, when I look back at it, it was just complete to me. When I look back at it, it was beige. Too flat, too Lukewarm. Beige, yes. And, but I wasn't, I didn't know what was wrong until I got an opportunity for something. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And I never, I never sensed, like it was so clear, I never sensed a judgment against it from anyone else. I never, I never felt, I never second-guessed it, ever. I, I did not feel like it needed my courage at all. <laughs> I didn't need to, like, people yeah. look at it and they say, wow, you, you gave up that, of, that's incredible. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. It was so evident. Yeah. Like, I don't I think I can see I've, even now more your hunger for a great adventure. Yes. You know? It almost probably occurs like, like something you haven't had before. Like, like the kind, you want the kind of epic adventure that you haven't had before. Yes. Or the scale of it or something like that, the magnitude of Well, uh, that was adventurous. You know, like looking at it was adventurous because I'm changing my life. I'm doing something different. You know, I'm shifting it completely. I'm, I'm giving away all my possessions. I'm going to travel now. I'm going in the world doing something that very few people do. There's no, there's no business idea around it. Yeah. You know? But. Well, let's. So another way of. We only have a couple of minutes. I'm okay if this, uh, this is an exception. By the way, <laughs> I want to stay in this conversation. Um, <laughs> another one of my invitations to adventure was like, I was on this Mormon path my whole life. It's very distinct black and white the world outside was black people misled by satan and everything else there's a white world of light and god and holy and all this and then the black world there wasn't an in-between when my mother one night told me my dad's not coming home and she dropped me off at a friend's house and my whole world shattered my mom you know we started not going to church everything else like the whole created world that I lived in about what's true, what's right, and what's wrong. It just like, it felt like the, the, the earth was taken out from under my feet and I was in free fall. That was a huge invitation to adventure. Right. You know, and it was at the perfect time. I was 14, you know, like maybe much, maybe much younger. It would have been traumatic. And okay, it was traumatic, but I, I again, I'm so grateful for it. You know? Yes. What's what I needed at 14, you know? And I got to figure it out myself, and I became like this sleuth. What's really going on with my mom and my dad? What's the truth about the church? What's, you know, and I, it was this huge, like, mission I was on, not for fun. Uh, it, well, I just, if I choose the wrong path, I could end up in hell for all eternity, you know? If I don't stay the on the on the... I don't hold the line of the, the church, you know? And so I was thrown into this great adventure. It just occurs to me now, like, like that was definitely not safe. 
my parents didn't know where they were taking me. It wasn't in, it wasn't like they said, okay, now we've both decided we're, you know, we're getting, instead of the church, we're going to go to this other church and whatever. No, it was like they were at war. One that each said the other was wrong. It clearly they're both wrong because, you know, and, uh, I, I think like young men, boys, you know, when you eat, reach, reach age 12, 13, 14, the great, it's the great time to head out into the wilderness, to be in the unknown. And I think it's a, a thing of like these teenage, so many teenage boys get in all kinds of trouble because the call to adventure of their society, culture, family, school, whatever, is so narrow, so small, so uncompelling, so unadventurous. But it's also very strong. You had the luck to have, say, a grandfather like that. You had the luck, in a way, that the ground was pulled from underneath your feet. Yes. Most men do not have that yes. at all. Yes. It continues to be this kind of okay thing. Yes. You know? And you're never thrown into the adventure like you said you were. Yeah. Like your grandfather threw you. And, and, these, and these teenage boys in the school... They're trained to, like, okay, you're not just quietly, passively listening to the teacher, focused on every word of the teacher. You're looking out and you're imagining riding your motorbike or climbing the tree or whatever. Like, there's, you're wrong. Yes. For, for, for these, these instincts. You know, we talk about the, the polar bear analogy in the zoo. You know, this is like the training to, like, ignore your instinct. And just but, learn to be a good, obedient zoo member. So, so for these men, like say your story, you had. I really want to reach the younger ones, man. Exactly. That's why I want to say this. You had the fortune of having a grandfather. You had the fortune of of having the floor taken from underneath your feet. You were thrown into adventures. Yes. Okay. I had the fortune of being invited getting the opportunity for a big adventure, you know? And I said yes to it. What can we offer to guys so they get either thrown into it or get it or see, see a great opportunity for adventure? Because in a way, for most men, it is harder to choose the path of adventure than it has been for us. Because you had great, you were thrown into it. I got great opportunity. Here's, what do they have? Here's here's one response I have to that. Now I'll call back on my, my eye stands. It, it was for a while that I had like these long form sales letters to, to invite guys to participate. Later, I changed it to this, to a call, a simple call, and and the one from March 2007 was calling for 30 visionaries from around the world to unite in Austin, Texas, face everything, avoid nothing, and stand for humanity. 
that was it. And then, like, to, and to some of them, it's like exactly the calling they want. The kind of calling they've been longing for, you know? And they're like, yes! Some were scared, some had to be nurtured into it or whatever, but either way, it's you're taking a leap just by showing up. And, and I think that our offers should be like that. It has to be a leap. And I'm saying that's one thing that we can do is what if, this is what if to myself as well. What if I, what if we don't offer things that are so easy? What if we offer them and what if doing anything with us is an adventure in the way that it's crafted, so in the way that they're called to it? We're calling 30 men. Join us for a path of adventure, romance, and brotherhood. Mm. If, this is, if this is you, answer the call. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, me and my brother, 2005, 2006, we were building this membership, this online membership. Man, we worked so many hours on this. I know my, I know why my brother was frustrated. You know? We worked so many hours, and then I'm like, I don't want to do it. Because the kind of people that were showing up, and it was all online. Where's the adventure? <laughs> you know? And I don't just want adventure for the people. I want adventure for myself. Yes. I don't want to be doing the same predictable thing as a product or a service or an offer. And like, I—I I don't just want to create adventure for people. I want to be on the adventure. Yes. I don't just want to be the the guy I crap the tour guide. No, I don't want to be the tour guide <laughs> showing the goddamn same thing over and over again. You want man next to you hacking. Yes. In the yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm learning. I'm ch I'm as challenged as they are. I'm a, or more. I'm learning as much as they are or more. I'm transformed by the experience as much as they are or more. That's what I want. That's the kind of quote unquote business model I want. We want brothers in arms. We're los conquistadores. Yes. You know, landing on the beaches here of Brazil. <laughs> yes. And hacking their way through the jungle with danger everywhere, you know, ready to kill and die. Yes. Speaking somewhat metaphorically, but yeah, that's somewhat yeah. metaphorically. <laughs> well, I don't know that we're going to create an adventure where we're hacking through the jungle, ready to, you know, killing and dying and all that. That's why I said <laughs> somewhat metaphorically. Yeah. But really, like, yes, that's what, that's what I want. Seriously. Like somewhat metaphorically, why, why, where, where is the adventure of Los Conquistadores for us? I want men who are showing up and they're fucking excited, half because they're scared shitless of what's going to happen. And they're so on fire that we're scared shitless, you know, because now we're part of this shit. <laughs> But really, asking you, you know, and, and guys, why, why is it somewhat metaphorically? Why is there not real danger in what we do? Mm. You know, like yes, life threatening. Yeah, that's it, it, this is great. It's great that you bring it up, and I should also point to this in my book. And this is part of Audrey's criticism: is that like it, it, something's not a commercial offering if like you could 
potentially get sued for it, if you don't have insurance, if someone could die in the meantime, <laughs> or whatever. Now, there's a, there's, we can definitely be responsible when we do these things. Like, we can have someone who's a, a medically trained on, with us on a journey or something. We can, like, there's things we can do, right. but there's no guarantee of safety. There's no guarantee of making it to the destination. Um, but even, even, even things where, like, I'm even talking about just things like a guy wants to be mentored by you. You could craft the invitation in a way that is a call to adventure. Okay. Well, I'm going to push this a little further. We say, you know, our war these days is a spiritual war. And, you know, and, and I can see, I resonate with that in some levels. But on another level, I'm thinking, the fuck? You know, if that's in a way also like playing safe. If you're what is playing safe? Saying it's a spiritual war. Mm. What if it's there's a real war? Yeah. You know? Like fuck this shit. Yeah. Like what if say corona times, you know? What if we jump on the occasion to go and save people? For example, mm. with real risk of getting sick and dying. Mm. You know? Where are the adventures like that for us? Mm. What well, would be adventures like that? Like, what would be a real adventure to you? Mm. Like, and maybe the fact that you could articulate it makes it not a real adventure anymore. It's got to be something that you haven't thought of. Like, like, fuck, shit, uh, I'm not ready for this. No, this is not what I signed up for. Well, this is part of the idea of Adventure Club. Coity Club. Well, maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe you can't think of a club. Maybe you can't organize it. Maybe it has to be like, brought to you and you're like maybe it's like you're on this horse and you didn't you don't remember even getting on and you're on it now <laughs> right. you know right it does you can't define it you can't predict it you can't announce it you can't clubify it well that is life in a way yes right? but being a being a part of a a group of men who are up to great things who are going to call the other men yeah maybe the only the thing that are going the on. only thing you can that can unite us is a commitment to adventure, and that's it. A commitment to adventure. I want adventure. You want adventure? Let's go. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, where I don't know where we're going. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's the only thing. Yes. Well, to come back to the quote from the beginning of this conversation, what if what we provide? is a call to adventure, a war to fight. We, we identify the war that we're fighting, and it's a spiritual war in terms of like honor and suffering. And we provide fellow warriors to fight alongside of. Like, like and this is, this is what we do, you know? You're going to come with us, whether it's for however many days, whether it's in person or not, whatever it is, that we're going to give them a war to fight. We're going to define what the war is, right? And we're going to be there with them. It's a call to adventure. What? Beauty's to rescue. We'll have to figure that piece out. <laughs> but even if it's not that uh, all the time, right? And then 
the other part of his quote I actually want to go back to war to fight and adventure Bro- to brothers war you know to, to have your back fight alongside of um yeah and, and we bring the peace also of the elders in giving them a calling worth answering with all their heart mm. calling worth risking their life for What if? What if? We give them the kind of calling that makes them want to respond like William Wallace. Freedom! Adventure with all its requisite danger and wildness is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of man. The masculine heart needs a place where nothing is prefabricated, modular, non-fat, Ziploc franchised, online, or microwavable. And the, the wound he talks about, if you want to talk, you know, we're talking about the war that our brothers are facing, right? Many of them are left with the wound of not having learned who he is and what he's got to offer from a man or from men. And one of the things we can invite them to is to a real adventure in the company of men. They can discover more about who they are and Transforming the process. Let's end with this. We'll just end with the same two quotes. Deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. We don't need accountability groups. We need fellow warriors, someone to fight alongside, someone to watch our back. <laughs>